Welcome back to the square. I am your host, Curtis the Fifth. And I'm Curtis the Fourth. And NBA season's over. Uh, the finals wrap. Sucks. <laughs> you know, it's, it was a it was a very good playoff run, I, I thought overall. And I think the playoffs were fairly exciting. It was every single round. This is the first time I've actually had legitimate fun watching the NBA playoffs in probably the last seven, six, seven years. That's about the same. Um, probably since, I mean, I think the last, and I think this was 2017, when it, wasn't that the year KD won with Golden State? The yes, year he came yep. off. I mean, I'm not a big KD fan per, you yeah. know, per se. I don't, I really don't endorse what him and LeBron has pulled off these last <laughs> 10 years or so. But, for the sake of them having to go head to head and me watching KD just shoot the lights out on LeBron True. And, and LeBron tried. <laughs> I mean, he tried. And that was the thing. He tried. You that, know, he, he could... I think in, in that playoff run, I think they also beat the Clippers and they were like talking. It was uh, okay. Pat Bev and I forget who the other dude was sitting on the panel. But that was literally the quote that they had. They were like, what more could you guys have done to, to stop KD from taking over this game? And he's like, I promise you, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that was the I, – I mean, KD had a lot of great games in the past and a lot of good ones and stuff. I mean, but I've never seen nothing so notable like how he – in that particular finals. Not that this this, this segment is about that, but – I haven't enjoyed basketball since that that series, hmm. you know. And I mean, I'm, I didn't even like that playoff run. I barely watched that playoff run. I think the year before, yeah, the playoffs. I watched, no, yeah. I'm just that, just the finals matchup. And, it, it, and I'm talking about the year before. Right. I didn't even really watch that playoffs as being super interesting, except for the finals. Obviously, that was the year uh, LeBron. Oh, that, that was the year LeBron Golden came State back. came back three one versus OKC, and then lost going up 3-1 versus like that was an insane that was fun but outside of that really that I, I really like that regular season Steph was hitting insane shots all year long there that was highlight after highlight coming out of Golden State that year um yeah, and, it, and it was before KD where you could just say okay that team is hands down gonna win it yeah I had season tickets that year I oh yeah you did I remember, I remember. that <laughs> Minnesota almost beat Golden State twice. Almost. Almost. <laughs> they tried. It was very competitive. <laughs> I mean, it, it got closer than most, I yeah. have to say. Because no, oh, was that the year Jimmy Butler was there, or is that the year after? year before. year before? Remember? He was in Philadelphia that year? No, oh, he was in Chicago still. They traded for him. That was even before Thibodeau came over. Remember yeah, Sam see, Mitchell? Because I'm Flip so Saunders messed up. passed away. And so Sam Mitchell stepped up as the assistant. Okay, that was that year. As an interim. Uh, yeah, it was my senior year. I, yeah, yeah, so now I remember. And then Thibodeau <laughs> came the next year. Gotcha. And then uh, the wheels, I mean, oh my God, the wheels just fell off. Well, they were so, they could have been so good with Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I, I, and Thibodeau. Yeah. I just, they. And you see what Thibodeau's doing in New York right now? <sighs> yeah, working. All right, back <laughs> to the finals. Um, back to the finals, yes. Milwaukee obviously won. Uh, they they won it in six. They had a fantastic game six. Um, Phoenix kind of they they literally the wheels fell off after game game two. Everything mm-hmm. fell apart. They couldn't win another game. They couldn't play cohesive basketball anymore. Um, but let's start with giving Milwaukee their dues. Um, hmm. Giannis in, definitely deserving of the MVP, hands down. 
Yes. I mean, just based off of that last game alone, he should have won MVP. 50 and 14 with two assists and five blocks, completely took over the game. Nobody could stop him. Why, he why? was not going to, he wasn't going down without a fight. I get that. You know something that is, his numbers are very impressive. I, the one <laughs> thing I'm so baffled about, why is his ceiling is 14 rebounds? He never <laughs> eclipsed 14 rebounds. I mean, I, he could put 50, 67 points, yeah. you know, 46, 47, <laughs> 14 rebounds. You yeah. know, just what is up with, I mean. I don't, because I don't think he really goes aggressively to get go out of his way to get rebounds. I think he lets Brooke Lopez get his. He lets P.J. Tucker get down there and do what he wants to do down there, even though P.J. Yeah. Tucker doesn't do it nearly as well as him. But he, oh, when, when they come to him and, and he has an opportunity to jump up, get higher than anybody, he'll go ahead and do it. I think he does. He, he, this is what I think is insane because when you watch him, he passively gets rebounds. Like he, mm-hmm. it, it comes naturally to him as opposed to if he went out of his way, like kind of studying the game, kind of how Dennis Rodman did, and he could track where that ball is going. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, everybody's seen that clip of him talking about it. He would say, watch it, hit, yeah. hit it, bounce off, and he'd know exactly where that thing is going to go. I was going to say, his, his model was a little different because, man, Dennis could have cared less about scoring. I True. mean, he True. spent two percent. That's all he, of his ca- all he cared about was rebounds, but that is also defense, right. what Michael Jordan asked him to do. That's all we needed yeah. at the time because uh, we were replacing Horace Grant. Yeah. Grant did provide like 14 points, but at, let's keep in mind, we didn't have Tony Kukoc. Yeah. So, so we had the scores. But I mean, that's what I'm right. saying. Like, we that's know. what I think, Gian. I mean, if he, because obviously he doesn't need to be an insane uh, free throw shooter to be successful. I mean, we saw that this entire playoff run. Mm-hmm. He can still be successful without scoring from the free throw line. Um, Even though he shot insanely from the free throw line. <laughs> in that last game. He was like 17 for 19 in the last game. Yeah. Um, Nearly 90%. But still, it's where, I, where I'm looking at it is if he gets better at rebounding, if he actually like puts effort into rebounding, because mm-hmm. when you watch him, like I said, he does it passively. If he just kind of gives effort on that end, this dude will be a walking 50 and 20. Some Will Chamberlain numbers there. <laughs> if you, I don't know about the 50 points a night, but, no, you know, yeah. but I hear you. I mean, you know. averaging, he'd probably average 30. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm trying not to play devil's advocate. I'm going to respect his 50 points <laughs> <laughs> and his 14 rebounds and his five blocks. And he had a little two dimes he put out there, which is, you know. <clears throat> and be and try to be and try to be a skip Bayless here. But yeah. he did have six turnovers, you know. And you know, you just cannot turn the ball. When you're getting I'm fourteen kidding. rebounds, that makes I'm up. Kidding. For it. When you win in the title, who cares? I didn't turn over. Yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> Milwaukee is impressive. I mean, they let's apart from let's just let's let's, let's put aside, just put a small, let's just Take this, take our mouse and scroll yeah. <laughs> this one series over to the side. And let's put the Brooklyn series over to the side. We know, we yeah. all understand what happened there. Whatever. Apart from that, they looked very good in the playoffs. True. They, they really, so we, I'm kind of saying, I'm kind of setting up next year. We know what the next year's narrative <laughs> is about to be. But with that being said, yeah, over for the majority of the playoffs, they looked very good. And, oh, as a team overall, now of course there's the ups and downs. We see we've seen it all through the um. Of course we've seen it in the Brooklyn series. We definitely seen it in the Atlanta series, and then we've, obviously we've seen it in the finals, where you know this hot cold element that they have offensively, the Chris Middletons the, the, of the world, the the um, PJ Tucker's and and, and, and Bobby Portis and the Drew Holidays that you know you just 
Even Pat Connaughton. Thank you. Pat Connaughton. Uh, I mean, if you want to throw in a Jeff Teague, whenever they decide they want to play him. You Has know. he ever had an up? <laughs> I don't know if it's with the Bucks uh, this year, but I mean, he. I mean, in the past, obviously. I mean, I know you're down on him, but I'm not. I'm not gonna disrespect the man because I watched him play well far before he got here. Yeah. So I, what I, the, I guess the way I'm looking at this, and why I don't say much when you say, you know, kind of <laughs> be down on, is I, you know, I look at it as I just, 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 just may not be a good fit for him. Like this team, just whatever, you know. You can sit there and be like, oh, I want a title. I've seen a lot of players on title teams that move on and never speak of their, their experiences there because it's just not – it wasn't that type of experience for them. You know, if that's know, the case, it sucks for him because I think he's still under contract next year. He can't even get out of it. Yeah, because um, – yeah, because, you, you know, you already got Brian Forbes on your, on your, on your neck. Yeah, you know, Brent Forbes has a player option. That's what I'm saying. If he comes back – and, you know, it's just – I mean, I guess that's fine, but you know, it's just, eh. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to stick on the, stay on the game, yeah. but from, from what I was, but <sighs> okay, they play well, but <laughs> this is what happened. Milwaukee, obviously, as far as for front court, far more superior than Phoenix's front court. Oh, God. is that fair? Yeah. Okay, I still say Phoenix has a better team. Yeah, collectively, I still think Phoenix plays better basketball, team basketball. Um, does that say take anything away from Milwaukee? No, no. they they're a different type of team. But put in a head to head, all t- all everybody being healthy, I still believe Phoenix can win the series. Now, yeah. there have been some glaring things we talked about it already about some some um, concepts and schemes that I didn't agree with that Monty Williams was doing, and mm-hmm. specifically, you know the um disappearance of their power forward. Like, we'll get into to but no, no, I'm not I'm just I'm yeah. just using the concept. I'm not going yeah. into that. Um just as an example, but and all of a sudden we started seeing Phoenix not being able to be the team that could make the ad- proper adjustments. But yeah. back to back to back to Milwaukee. I was just wanted to say they they took advantage of they did basically what they did with Atlanta. Atlanta was a much smaller, younger team and they, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. Thank you, and that's that's really what I was getting at. I was like, okay, I'm okay. Give you your flowers. You won. I get it. But I mean, well, and and the other thing that I wanted to mention, yeah, outside of Giannis, clearly Giannis deserved the MVP. He played a heroic basketball this entire series. It, when other guys didn't have a game where they where they could step up or, or they just couldn't get it going, Giannis made up for a lot of that. But in this game specifically, Game Six, Drew Holiday stepped up defensively. For the entire series, I think after Game Two, mm-hmm. where they he he was trying to lock in in Game Two, but he just couldn't figure it out, and then boom, Game Three on Drew Holiday has been a defensive just nightmare for the for the backcourt of of Phoenix. I mean, obviously they couldn't stop Devin Booker, but to to make him have to work that hard to get where his numbers were, mm-hmm. obviously a W there, and then to almost from. Game to game, it's kind of 50-50 if we were going to get a serviceable Chris Paul if Drew Holiday was on him. Um, so hmm. big props for Drew Holiday there. Um, Bobby Portis off the bench in this game was insane. 16 points. I mean, th- just that alone, like what was Phoenix supposed to do with that? When he's scoring like that, there's, I feel like there's nothing that you can do. And then they really had that, that whole crowd behind them. They had a fully packed stadium completely rocking out there in Milwaukee 
And then they had 60,000 in the Deer District, literally right outside of the stadium, making it impossible for Phoenix to even hear themselves think <laughs> like like that. They were insane. I think that was a huge proponent of it. And then Chris Middleton kind of took this Belichick New England type approach in this series and just did his job. He didn't try to go extravagant and be this insane score or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He didn't try to get all the assists in the world. He just like, no, I'm going to play within the, in, in, in the scheme that we have. We're going to play our game and kind of took the Phoenix approach, if you will. And just, I'm going to do my role whatever wherever my stat line falls that's where it falls all i care about is the win at the end of the day mm. and he just, he basically just didn't lose them any games right so I, I think phoenix needs props across the board for the, or not sorry phoenix uh milwaukee needs props across the board for how they played and how they responded in this series mm-hmm. because at going down 2-0 it even though it was at it was on the road for them even with that, that still is is a huge feat to overcome. And then on top of that, to win four straight, that 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 was they they need all the props for that. They they played impressively to finish out this series, and and they and I think they knew it. If they would have let this thing go to seven, it it would have been a completely different story in Game Seven. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly, and I agree. Um, I, I won't add much to that. Um, that was pretty straightforward. Um, but congratulations to the Bucks. I mean. They, you know, when first ship in fifty you, years, when, when you thought, yeah, and when you thought they were out, down for the count, and you know, and you know they was on the ropes and the bell rang, and you, know, <laughs> you just thought, man, when they come back out, this gonna that's gonna be a wrap for them, and then game three happened. No, and I, but, uh, even with game three, I was like, all right, that was what was supposed to happen. Phoenix, first time on a flight in a long time, having to bounce back. <laughs> All right, whatever. Bounce back from that. Yeah. Win game four, and wasn't, it was going to be a wrap. Right. And the game four was a route. Wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't expecting a sweep. <laughs> you know, so it's like okay, but yeah. I mean, I guess back when we were we were talking about the playoff, that kind of how much as I was enjoying it. Well, I was going to conclude. I was enjoying it up until game three of the finals because mm. that's. I mean, the series literally just changed. Yeah, it was a tale of two, two, two complete series. my goodness i mean i don't know what happened here yeah well let's talk about phoenix because i think i know what happened well let's start with the stat lines here phoenix in game six chris paul 26 points two rebounds and five assists and a steal devin booker had an abysmal night 19 points three rebounds five assists and six turnovers um mikhail bridges was only able to put up seven points got six rebounds he was he was snagging them uh, two assists, two steals. Jay Crowder, 15, 13. No assists, but four steals. Uh, it sounds pretty until we get into what, what his deal is. Um, Aiton, 12, 6, 1, and 2. He he was having a tough night. Nothing was really falling for him. Um, and then off the bench, Cam Johnson and, and Cameron Payne combined for 13 points. Uh, Cam Johnson had three rebounds a and a steal. One quick – oh, sorry, I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I'm d- this is about Cam Johnson. That's what I my quick. Why why did why was he only playing sixteen minutes? I don't even understand why Monty Williams cut his offense because I'm looking at the bridges <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you kept him out there to do what? You know, he he shot three for seven. He played nearly forty minutes. Yeah, three for seven from the field. He 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 had six rebounds and seven points and four fouls. So all I'm seeing here is when he got in foul trouble, that's when you decide to go with Cam Johnson. 
Yeah, I'm not. Cam Johnson sure. is your number, technically your number three score on the team, mm-hmm. if not number four, arguably. But definitely is you know he could be literally like the number three score on this team. So I'm not understanding what the rotation, what was going on in this last game, um, and his his limited minutes. Yeah, I, I just do not understand it. I, I don't. I don't have and a to good go answer for that. Further to that. <laughs> Jay Crowder plays forty and a half minutes again. Well, and I'll I'll get to him but in yeah, a second. I'm I'm leaving. I'm just setting it uh, up. <laughs> Frank Kaminsky got some play though. Six points, two rebounds, an assist and a steal. And Tory Craig also got in the game for I think like a minute. Uh but did zero seconds. things. Um but here's what I think was the biggest issue with Phoenix in game six specifically. Okay. Now you guys can go rewind the tape and exactly what I said about uh Phoenix. It was Jay Crowder and DeAndre Aiden need to combine for 20 <laughs> rebounds. And this game will be theirs. First of all, they didn't do that. They combined it for 19 rebounds. Damn. And mm-hmm. surprisingly, Jay Crowder was the dude that had more. He had 13. And his stat line, I think me and you talked about this, his stat line sounds pretty nice until you really actually watch the game. Mm-hmm. He was 15, 13, no assist, but had four steals. That sounds fantastic. If you, say if you say your four had that stat line, you're like, okay, you guys were really into this game. Like this, this game was should be hands down yours. But let's go back and man, I I'm frustrated because I thought Monty Williams would have the foresight to shut somebody down who is having this horrible of a night. Um, and, and trust me, that stat line sounds pretty, but this was a bad, bad night for Jay Crowder. Let's this, talk this, about the other stats he had. Yeah, because <laughs> this was a putrid night for the whole team, but still, Jay Crowder specifically really hurt this team. Jay Crowder was 4'11 from the field, two for nine for three. Again, and you asked this question, I've asked this question, and I still haven't gotten a clear <laughs> reasoning as to why Jay Crowder is taking – what is that, 90, 91% of his shots, shots shot from the three? Yeah. Why is that the case? That That is one of the most infuriating things to me because if he's taking – because he was hitting the shots inside the, the three-point line. Mm-hmm. He was two for two on two-point field goals. Yep. So why in the hell are you shooting two for nine – from three, why are you taking three-point shots in the first place? After you miss two of them, Monty Williams, I, you need to grow up and just say, no, you are done for the night. If you take another three, I am pulling you from this game. Because at the end of the day, you're hurting the team drastically. I don't, and, and I did say I would love for him to get his rebounds, whether it's defensively or offensively. He had 11 defensive rebounds and only two, uh, two offensive rebounds, which is huge, and that's fine. But if he's playing within the within the arc, mm-hmm. you have a better opportunity of getting more second chance opportunities from him getting freaking rebounds. And it's frustrating to see that you only had two rebounds because you've been standing on the three point line all game for forty one freaking minutes. And that's the thing. And that's the one of the biggest stats I look at his minutes played. His efficiency level is so low based on minutes per game. I'm like, you play so many yeah. minutes just to get. Yeah, 15 and 13 and four with four steals and a block. 
Oh my God, you five and, five and the only throw. three fouls. I think this was huge for him to only right. have three fouls and not be in foul trouble at, at any point throughout this game. Keeps to be because you can keep your foot on the pedal in that case, but if your foot on the pedal is you shooting from three, exactly what the hell are we doing? He needed to be in foul trouble because <laughs> as I'm getting at 40 and a half minutes and you only end up with you know 15 points and you only mm-hmm. shot four for 11 and fit and 41. Dude, it's only 48 minutes in the game. You damn near played every minute, and that's all you were able to muster up. Mm-hmm. Even when his game it looks like a good game, I don't want to sound like I'm some kind of Jake Crowder hater. I just, I am. I mean, his, I'm frustrated his with his play from this so series. Ridiculous. If you really dive into his yeah. numbers, and I'm like you, because I had to find and understand how is this team, how did this team lose four straight games? Yeah. It's how this, did this team finally their meet? power forward? Exactly. And how did this team face their first elimination game and then get eliminated? All when it all came at the finals. You mm-hmm. know, and here it is. This start it starts right there. Cause I'm mean, I don't know everybody wants to jump go to the easy route. Let's go and dive into Devin Booker and dive into Chris Paul's numbers. And yeah. All. Stop. Because let's be clear. They they allowed to have a bad game. They have too many good ones where I cannot sit there and be like, damn, Devin Booker, why you got to be 0 for 7 from a three-point? Well, hell, he can't hit them all all the damn time, especially carrying people like I mean, obviously Miguel, you wish Miguel. that it wasn't in this in this game that he has this. Because I will say, Devin Booker had a putrid shooting night. That it was it was a it was a bad night for him. I but it that. but I think it was for the whole team because even even DeAndre Ayton wasn't no, even, no. even able to hit shots from from what four feet out. Was he was bad. literally shooting was from the restricted area and could not hit it. He was, I mean, but he was playing nervous. And, I mean, and Giannis right. was on him. It's uh, something. I mean, the pressure just got to them, and that they're a young team. Yes, it can't, fine. It got unraveled. They they were down. It, they just they didn't handle the pressure. But I mean, because I'm saying I'm using Booker. Like, come on, Booker just had two forty plus games. Where was the rest of the team? <laughs> yeah, then, true. You know, so true. I'm like. This is where I'm like, okay, then the minute he gets, oh, he's 19, five assists and three. Still good stats. He didn't shoot well. He shot he horribly. A, he was eight but, for 22 and 0 for seven from three. See, bad shooting night, not a bad game yeah. per se. I understand the six turnovers. And, and that's why I, I specifically said Devin Booker had a putrid shooting night. I was like, yeah. he didn't have a bad game. He was still very effective when he was on the floor. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when you watch that game, he was still the, the hottest thing out there. Actually, looking a little like Kobe, on, spinning off a of Drew Holiday. <laughs> I'm like, he tried to tap into that Mamba mentality if he, I, if he possibly you know, could have. I'm not buying into the hype. I'm just considered all the talk, just the, in a couple of spin moves. He did. I'm like, damn, he actually kind of look like him right now. <laughs> just the move. I know he does try to model his game after Kobe, and that's interesting because I'm like, you would think he would try to model after Jordan in the sense of no, he doesn't. He don't move like Jordan. He moves like Kobe. Yeah, you know, which is this is very interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting concept. Well, they do have similar builds too. True. So. True. Minus the two three inches, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah, this that these stats are they. I mean, collectively, Phoenix was just they were done by Game Six. I, I'm just just hindsight talking, yeah. but. Just looking at the number, they were done. And just they had nothing. Nothing was coming off the bench outside of them shutting down Cameron Johnson for whatever reason. And completely activating Jay Crowder and empowering him. So and I don't know what the hell. Where's Mikael Bridges? Where has he been? And he's been nowhere. Tory Craig, another guy missing in action. I do like the I do like what what the only the one move 
the one adjustment that I did like that Monty Williams did was play Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. You got That was nice. Look, especially with this crap going on with Jay Crowder. Play Frank Kaminsky. And which was kind of interesting because they played them together. They Frank did. Kaminsky yeah. helped Jay Crowder <laughs> with these three pointers. <laughs> you know, in one, in one particular. Uh, Didn't he uh, pass it to him twice in one play? Yes. <laughs> yes. He passed it to him. He missed. He got. Frank Kaminsky goes down and gets the offensive rebound, gives it right back to him. <laughs> Guess what? Does Jay Crowder look anywhere off to any other flat teammate? To pass, no, he shoots immediately again, and then that's what that's that was his second of his three. Was two, that the four point play? No, the four point play came before. Okay, that. gotcha. The, the, yeah, this one came after, but it was just like, okay, theoretically, you wasn't even supposed to. You missed the first one, but you know, luckily, my the man on the bench decided to give it back to you for whatever reason. I don't think he was giving it to you for you to shoot. I think it was more so they didn't foul him or trap him down yeah. low, so he was just getting rid of the ball. <sighs> No, I think Jay Crowder was he's been to me the catalyst for the the demise of Phoenix cuz his play at a certain point yes shooter shoot but I don't Jay Crowder first of all to me is not a shooter and second of all he is t- a thousand times more valuable to this Phoenix roster getting just stuffing the rebounding stats I don't care. Like again, and and I said this last week. Jay Crowder does not need to do anything offensively, and if he does, I don't want a single one of these shots to come from beyond the arc. I want to see Jay, Jay Crowder running from paint to paint all game. If you're going to play him for 41 minutes, paint to paint. That's it. I do not care where you're taking your shots from, as long as they're inside the three point line. Because he again, he's super efficient from inside the three point line. Again, two for two, and yeah, it's forty one minutes uh, total. But that's because he's standing and crowding around the three point, uh, the, the yeah, the three point line. And when Devin Booker isn't getting his shots to fall, when he's zero for seven from three, you're not down there in the paint to go get those rebounds and give him a second opportunity, or or get that ball out to to Chris Paul or 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 Mikel Bridges to give them more opportunities to get shots up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the offensive end. Or sorry, on the defensive end, you're sitting guarding who I, I God knows who. You did get eleven rebounds in this game, and that was huge. And I think that was probably the only reason why this game wasn't lost by twenty, thirty points is because Jay Crowder on the defensive end was not allowing uh Milwaukee, even though Milwaukee did have a ton of second chance opportunities throughout this game. Uh they had a total of eleven uh offensive rebounds. So they, they had 11 extra possessions in this game. Mm. Um, but Jay Crowder did also take 11 away, just him alone. So I, it, 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 again, it just frustrated me that Monty Williams didn't have the, whatever, the gall, the, the, the foresight or whatever you want to call it to shut Jay Crowder down from shooting from three. And the only person that rivaled him was Booker. With forty six minutes and zero for seven with seven yeah. attempts, but, th- not, but I, I don't have a problem with Devin no, Booker no, taking no, seven I, attempts. I, I have I a huge either. problem with Crowder I'm, taking nine. My point <laughs> is just put mirror those two together. But then let me tell you who's the number three person: Cameron Johnson, one mm. for four. I'm like, okay, one for five. Oh no, yeah, one for four for three. It just, I mean, one. I'm not seeing like you say. There's, there's you know, there's only a, a certain amount of um. Uh, just a handful of offensive rebounds that they were getting. 
there was only a handful of three point shots they were taking, and then there was just bad shooting all day, all day long. So, I mean, it just my gosh, like where do we start? Where <laughs> they just they failed in so many areas in Game Six. It just so I'm saying that to say it ain't just Jay Crowder, but that is a big glaring reason, and it starts there. But if, and it goes if, into a lot of other things that I'm sharing. Right if now. Jay Crowder didn't do this <clears throat> in Game Three or or for the last for this entire series, if he stopped playing this way, where he's just hanging around the three point line, we wouldn't be talking about Phoenix losing in in Game Six. Potentially, we're talking about them losing in Game Seven for sure, based off of the play of the rest of the team. But I think Jay Crowder, it taking if he stopped shooting threes, if you if you made Jay Crowder, you have four four attempts from three per game. One one per quarter. Mm-hmm. If you le- left him to that, and and for the rest of the time, you you do whatever you can on the offensive end to get as many second chance opportunities as we possibly can. That is that is your sole job on the offensive end. And and if you do that, we'll reward you with one one three point attempt per per, per quarter. That that's I think that's go. the way that you play him. If that's they would have done that, off. yeah. Uh, if they would have done that, that is at least worth one win in this series. One more win. Hmm. I can I, I can get I can get with that. I mean, it, it wouldn't solely win them this series, obviously, because you need you definitely need Devin Booker to to have be your offensive leader, and you definitely need Chris Paul to be more effective uh, in 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 kind of setting up and being that 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 floor general, right? Um, but and also DeAndre Ayton needs to be more impactful down low. Uh, but just Jay Crowder alone is is easily able to get you at least one more win yeah that's all i mean i i, I was really worked up about that <laughs> there's not much more i could say i mean he that i think that solely was the reason what what knocked him out is in game six jay crowder's play that 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 handcuff the phoenix suns from getting any opportunity of winning that game gotcha so looking ahead we you know phoenix is going into the offseason Obviously, they they need to address quite a few issues to retool for next year. Next year, <sighs> Lakers coming back, Clippers are coming back, U- Utah, Denver is coming back. I'm talking about these teams coming yeah. back healthy. You know, yeah. <clears throat> if Chris Paul is here, if he does decide to opt in for his player option, I think Phoenix is going to be in kind of the same situation. I think they're going to be in that two to five range in in the rankings when the playoff starts. If they just bring this team back just as is, mm-hmm. I don't know. Cause see, cause you talking about they bring about Jay Crowder, like they bring about that same concept. Cause I'm like, eventually, and then now we talking about year two. Teams are catching up to your scheme. I'm, I get hear what you're saying. I'm like, that's what I'm saying about looking ahead. Like, okay, where do they go from here? Do they? Just but bring- that's what I think. I think so highly of Monty Williams' system and the way that they play basketball as a team. Mm-hmm. I don't think any other roster out there is going to be able to compete because they don't they don't have the chemistry that this team does. They don't play the same way and and I think that's what causes pe- people to run into this team. And I I truly believe that's the reason why Phoenix was a a a finals participant this year is because they were just that good at playing team basketball and I think team basketball still does win you games in the NBA, especially when it comes down to the playoffs because at, at the end of the day if you don't trust the guy next to you to hit your hit their shots, there's no possible way when when you guys are in a high pressure situation 
you you can your your talent's not going to overcome the chemistry that this team has. Gotcha. Well, I slightly disagree with part of that. Just my point is they got to build off of this. They mm-hmm. they can't just bring it back and everything is going to be all right because I don't think there are other teams that I've, that I've mentioned. I said they'll be healthy, but they're coming. You're you already know these LA teams for they're about to reload. Um, you, you, then the question is well, who's going to be the other team that didn't that didn't have really anything or really wasn't in mm-hmm. contention. And all of a sudden they step up because you you know we got like this Damian Lillard thing hanging. We don't know what's going on coming from that. We have a free agency, you know, thing that's coming up. Okay, does people want to go get a payday, or are people trying to win championship, or somebody's trying to do both? You know, it's. I mean, the only guy that they need to worry about on their roster right now had it up. It was Chris Paul. Obviously, he's got a player option, so whatever Chris Paul decides he wants to do, I'd be kind of surprised if he doesn't take the forty million. I'm going to say yes, yeah, forty million. Yeah, so I'm so. like, I, I'm. I'm I'm leaning towards Chris Paul is accepting his player option and mm-hmm. he's going to come back. Um, and then who else was it? There's one other person that they need to focus on. Try to bring back. Oh, it, it was Frank Comiskey is the, the the next biggest name on their roster that that that's going into free agency. Everybody else is under contract. Hmm. Tory Craig's still under contract. That's interesting. I believe so. But if Tory Craig's not, I'm there's enough I don't know why I thought he was a free agent. Uh, I didn't see him on the list when I was looking. Okay, he might fine. be able cuz the, the site that I use for it sometimes doesn't have it completely up to date. That's fine. Um so possibly, but I guess what I'm saying, what I believe needs to happen. They they're going to have to bring another person in here. They they need another piece. Um this is not taken away from Aiden. How much money do they have? But it's not taken away from Aiden, but you, you even bringing back Chris Paul, I can't realistically see Chris Paul as a number one next year. And mm. the question, if you really want to put this team in position, shouldn't they be going after a number two guy? Quasi moving Chris Paul as that honorary three and let him be the facilitator as opposed to being the scorer that we need when he's, you know, when he's technically our floor general. But then now we need him to be the number two scorer because we need because Booker needs help because we got people like Mr. Bridges and Crowder who just can't seem to get their stuff together on the offensive end here. Mm-hmm. I just don't see them coming back and I understand team basketball team concept. I just cannot see them just coming back with this team as is and they can just compete and still be the two seed and still get nearly to the. I'm just, I, they're gonna get railroaded because. <laughs> They obviously need another big man. Um, they need to address what they're gonna do with Carmen Johnson. Is mm-hmm. he a six man? Is he gonna be the starter? You know, what is Mikael Bridges' role gonna be next year? What you know, are you gonna be some type of specialist, like a defensive specialist? Are you a slasher? Are you just a wing guy? Are you just what 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 is your role on this team? You know, and because he just seems to get lost in the offense, and he's out there, but every now and again you see a flat a play or something from him. I'm like, do he? I've never seen somebody look so invisible on the floor than the Bridges. I never noticed he's even out there. Yeah. And I'm talking about, you, you watch the game like I do. He's a starter. He's already on the floor, yet I don't even see you. You yeah. just, you, he's non-existent on the floor. They have a potential of a max calorie, salary cap space of $26 million. Not exactly sure what those qualifiers are going to be to determine if they have that $26 million or not, but 
that is their current standing. So, I mean, they do have the money to go get some pieces to put around. So I'm not too worried about that. Like, that's why I think that this team definitely, as it stands right now, is going to be in a position to, to, if Chris Paul is on the roster, I think whatever else they add on to this team is only going to help them. And that I do know that, yes, some teams might theoretically catch up um, and, and beat them in the regular season. But I think that this team is 100% a playoff. Like they're 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 totally, to me, with barring an injury, obviously, this roster is going to be in the playoffs again next year. I don't see seven. I don't see eight other teams better than the Phoenix Suns in the West. No, I agree with that. Um, that that's so the, the, that's where I'm at with that. Obviously, I think Dallas is going to get better. I think um, I think Golden State's going to be in the mix next year. I'm not totally sold on Memphis. They could get better. They could get worse. New Orleans is a team that's one of those ones that is going to be on the bubble of making it in the playoffs. Obviously, I think if LA is completely healthy, they're going to be. They're not going to be in the seventh spot next year. We don't know um, what's happening with Portland, and that's, yeah, yeah. that's another. Question. I think Portland might be one of those teams that drops out of the playoffs next year. Uh, Utah might not drop out of the playoffs, but they're not. I don't think they're not running for the one seed again. I don't think they're going from one to ten in one season. No. Uh, oh, I forgot about it. Yeah, they're doing the plan again next year. Um, and then also uh, Denver. I mean, they're still going to have to figure out how to play with fans in the stands and with uh, Jamal uh, Jamal Murray coming back. Mm-hmm. So they, they've got some stuff to figure out as well. I think everybody in the West is going to have a lot of fluctuation this year. So I think with them making whatever with phoenix making whatever adjustments they do they they're not going to be in a situation where they're hurting to get to the to the right spots uh and getting getting back to the playoffs and, and competing to make it back to the championship i think that they definitely could depending on what they do in, in free agency agreed um so and and piggybacking off what you're saying so what i've has from where i started from what i am seeing they can bring this team back. Yes, they will be competitive. Yes, they can compete. Yes, they can hold their own. But we're talking about them trying to, their goal is to win a championship. Yeah. I think this is the most stereotypical version of their one player away, literally. Mm. And that's all I mean. Like, yes, you have to re-sign Chris Paul, first and foremost. I'm saying on the greater side of it, and most ideally for them to be successful for the years, for the next several years, is to get, go out and get that prototypical number two. Booker's your number one guy. That's going. That's your franchise. That's going to be the face of your team. I understand Chris Paul's the, the floor general, the, the the veteran. Not saying that, but we 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 understand that Booker arguably is going to play another 13, 14 seasons. <laughs> you know, um, barring any injuries, of course. And so on the higher side, trying to find that number two guy. To, to aid Booker where Chris Paul can actually just be the facilitator and then when needed to score, he can go ahead and, and um, offer up his um, offensive game as much as he wants to as opposed to he has to bring it on both both elements every single night and you got to hope the big men do what they do. Post, you know, or they, or they got to go, him and Booker got to go down there and help rebound and, they, you know, they're doing everything. And I'm what like, that looks th- great, but yeah. once it... Uh, I, like as always, not that I wanted to come to that conclusion, more times than not, you know, at some point in the in a, in, a, in a playoff run or in a or by, by the time you get to the finals, they get found out, and 
now do you, now now you have no answers for the, for your opponent. Yeah. I.e., this would be Milwaukee at this point. They just got to a point they got stuck and like y'all scheme. I don't know how Booze and Hoes and Field figured it out. <laughs> he figured their scheme out, and mm. I, I don't. I, I think they just let Giannis run, but <laughs> I'm still I'm still. I'm not out, but I'm rather low on Budenholzer right now. Oh no, uh, no, I, that didn't change my how I felt <laughs> about him. I, I'm just saying, if he did, it's like the one good thing he did. Yeah. You know, he he found he capitalized on on a on a few adjustments. He said he's gonna put the ball in this superstar's hand. I don't understand why that, that it took you all the way to the final to come to this conclusion. Kind of... Like, uh, <laughs> what happened in the Brooklyn series? You know, because that, that that's what my problem is. Because they they over here pumping their chest and all this <laughs> all puffy chest. I'm like, what was all that back in the Brooklyn series though? You know, I mean, KD was one guy. Yeah, and he and really oh, he, he was the only the one that was doing anything, <laughs> and he worked y'all. You know, and literally is two inches away from sending you home. Right, and I'm saying that <laughs> I'm saying that now. Not that I'm a Brooklyn fan because I wasn't, and I'm just like, I well, because I was really hoping Milwaukee won that series. I did. I was. Too. I did not want to see Brooklyn in the finals. I didn't either, and I, <laughs> and I, you know, I'm like, well, serve y'all right for sitting there trying to stack the deck like that. Yeah. And, you know, and that's fine. But then you know, then this is just this air came. Subtle, it just seems a little. I mean, once just I take in. out the the fact that I really wanted to see Phoenix win the series, it still was pretty exciting, regardless. Just watching it, I, it, I can, because even when I'm watching it, I can tell that I am invested in the game because of the way that I feel watching it, and mm-hmm. that's what was so different about this year and about this playoff run is that I was when I'm sitting here at my desk with my three monitors here, I'm watching it on one screen here, and I'm just sitting here like, man. I'm trying to like play 2K or play Witcher or something like that, and I'm like, God, I gotta pause this game to watch this because this is too interesting. Like, this is too close. This is too much fun to watch, and it it is truly fun to watch when Bobby Portis is scoring 16 off the bench. Drew Holiday is giving Devin Booker and Chris Paul the work, and Giannis is playing insane basketball and literally cannot be stopped by anybody on the court. And then just to see Phoenix as a team come back and play the way that they do and still be what two possessions away from winning this game. Like the, like that's, I think what's insane about it for how bad that team played still, game they played so close. well that they were so close. <laughs> like, like this team was never really out of it in, in that game. And none of it. Well, you know, game three. Yes. But yeah, well, yeah that's uh, but other than that. But yeah. That, and that's, that's what I'm getting at. And that's what I mean. They're one player away. <laughs> Uh, but so granted, I'm, with, it sounds weird because I'm like they should they want no players away. They, they, they really shouldn't years, be. But, uh, but it, let me ask you this now. Yeah. Obviously, if Kawhi ends up declining his player option, everybody's going to be scrambling for him, and I don't think that they're going to have the money to go after him. The other guy that has a player option this year that if he declines it, I think should be looked after pretty hard by Phoenix. Montrose Harrell. Really? Yes. Hmm. I think LA completely misused him this year because mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back to last the bubble playoff, the, uh, the Clippers were using Montrezl Harrell, and he was looking like, oh, he's going to be the next superstar of the league, and that's why when the Lakers got him, I was like, geez, they're using him that same way. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way that they can be stopped. Montrezl Harrell, I think, definitely is a guy who, if he's in the right role in the right system, which I think mm-hmm. Phoenix, if you just play your role within Phoenix's system. He does that, he's going to be a rebound machine, and I don't think he's going to take away from DeAndre Ayton by any means. He's a power forward? Uh, what is he just? Power forward. forward, center. Okay. So, 
like he's in he's one of those dual players i would i would say that he's a power forward okay um so mm. some people would disagree with me on that and say that he's a center but to me there's only two centers in this league that's Joel Embiid or sorry three Joel Embiid Rudy Gobert and uh Jokic what no DeAndre Aiden not a center to you no he's still a four he's too small I mean he's tall but he doesn't have the same stri- I mean he's he would be the closest he'd be that 11, next he'd be tier two six eleven two fifty I mean, everybody can't be Shaq. I mean, <laughs> when we're when we're classifying Giannis as a four, and he's getting pushed around by, well, yeah, yeah. So like, I tried DeAndre. <laughs> I tried. I didn't have much. It's not. It's not a bad thing to be a four. I mean, and and, and, and I know. I think he's. I, but see, that's what I'm saying. When I'm looking at his footwork. Because people keep trying to say Kristaps Porzingis is a center. No, he's a four, but beyond all fours. Like but I'm looking at his footwork. Like he he doesn't move. He like plays. Yeah, he's, that's he's, fair. He's he's, he's little. He's a step slower than yeah. um, uh, uh, You know, a up and running number one top tier. Yeah. You know, power forward. Like I get that he can and switches in certain elements for parts of the game that he can stick. Like yeah. somebody like a Giannis, but you just yeah. For forty eight minutes, you can keep you on. No, man, he gonna work you. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm like, that's a disadvantage. Yeah, this is a freaking specimen, man. right? I'm like, your <laughs> your best defense will be your offense. Like, just don't give no defensive effort. Save all that. His euro offense. step is insane. He can pull up from the top of the key. You see how long euro step, is? and he he'll be at the rim. I and mean, it, and it's not and it's and it's not one of these new school euro steps where it's a it's a legitimate seven step travel. No, he takes a legitimate two step euro step, and is right, right there at the, the cup. bounce is the third step. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, he's already there. Yeah. I'm like his strides are so freaking long. I when I when they slowed it down and showed me it, I was like, this dude is stepping from the key all the way past the free throw line. See, How? This, this is my <laughs> question. And that's what I don't understand. What I what y'all was getting to. What the hell was the coach thinking? You had this dude all this time. You know what he's capable of doing, and you never play him like this. Like, but, and, and I think it's the, also the fact that Giannis doesn't – he doesn't have the temperament to be like, no, I'm – because what I saw in the Brooklyn series was what I thought what he was doing was I'm taking over now. I was like, oh, is this the time that we're going to see this from Giannis? I just don't think he's that dude where he's going to say, all right, coach, I hear you, but this is – like I'm gonna take it. He's not gonna do the LeBron thing. No, he's not gonna do the KD thing where he's like, no, this is this is mine. No. I and, got this. And I, and let me. I'm and I agree. And let me be. And I'm saying that to say I'm very very clear that, yeah, his two biggest series came against Atlanta and Phoenix. That's all I'm gonna throw out there. When I seen Brooklyn, I'm sorry, Milwaukee, y'all in the indictment because come mm-hmm. next year. Bring it, cause I'm I got, I have a problem with that. Like, okay, you took like you said, you did what you were supposed to do. You took advantage of the the lesser team. Yeah. Okay, great. Air when, there with yeah. lesser. <laughs> and I'm I'm it, mainly it I'm, I'm mainly saying team. this from a front court standpoint yeah. because in both cases that's where um, Atlanta and Phoenix is light. They lighten their front courts. Their strengths are their back courts, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Milwaukee's more balanced than everybody else. If you kind of spread their yeah. talent out, yeah. like, which I think is what's helping them kind of help them along with Giannis has always been that guy. They just haven't played him like that. You know, and I, this is, I'm, I'm speaking to this narrative that's out there. Like all of a sudden 
Giannis arrived. You're like, you? No, he's been there. He, he didn't do because when I was watching him, he's not doing anything any differently. They're just giving him the spot to just go do whatever he play. Right, and and we and then we asking people like a Drew Holiday and definitely Chris Middleton. How about you shoot a little less? And yeah, we, and I'll you take finally these woke shots. up and said, hey, you, I'm I got like yeah, you I'm you you go take this. You. Yeah, there you go. You do it. We you know, need you. I think it, I think it's more of that whole. Chris, uh, not Chris Paul, uh, Dwayne Wade coming to LeBron saying, we need you to take over. Instead of that, they were like, well, we're going to force you to take over. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the more temperament. And if, if that's what happened and that was a whole Budenholzer thing where that, cool, props to you. I don't think that's how it happened. I think Chris, Chris Middleton was coming to a realization, I'm not going to be able to hit 80% of my shots this, this, this series. Do you All think right. he shut himself down? I don't think he shut himself down, but I do think that he did take more of a mentality of I need to get Giannis his spots instead of mm. I need to wait until my spot comes. Right. So because I, I think they're both that type of dude is like, I'm just going to take it when it comes to me. But I think I, I don't think it's necessarily saying that he shut himself down. I think he just became more self-aware and played it smarter. Yeah. Which is props to him. I mean, like he I mean, look. Bobby Porter's had more three-point attempts than him. Exactly. What the hell? <laughs> Bobby Porter's really feeling himself in this game. Sure did. All you, right. You, you want to know what his most glaring stat was to me? What's that? Yeah, in 22, uh, nearly 23 minutes, he, has, he had five fouls. Did he? Yeah. The next, oh, yeah, yeah, he did. I, I mean, my goodness, yeah. he was just out there just fouling away. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying. Yeah, uh, so but then, anyway, but moving on. Um, yeah, so I I just think they're 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 still I think they're one player away. And that I'm and I'm speaking to organically, it's the off season, somebody's leaving, somebody's coming, you gotta go to the draft, you gotta mm-hmm. consider somebody new on you know, beyond that little process, who are y'all getting? Like are y'all gonna snag a, one free agent? Who is it gonna be? Or are y'all gonna be like, We're good, let's run it back. Okay, interesting. I mean, I just I think I think it would behoove them to not <laughs> try to bring a little more talent over here, you know. But that's just me. But again, congratulations to Milwaukee. Um, they definitely hands down they won their series. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just think the better team lost. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can say about that. All so right. you know, but the best team don't always win. <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, but again, props to to Milwaukee. I think that the, it, even though they went up against a, a team that was hurt and just kind of collapsed. It was a well-deserved win. They played fantastic this series, bouncing back from, from the first two games. So props to them. Uh, congrats to the fans. Uh, Milwaukee, you're not going to see another one for another 50 years. Um, <laughs> uh, no. That might be true. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, do you have a question of the day? Uh not exactly a question, but it was something you and me and you were talking about off air. But um, it's to these super teams. But uh, I got a fun fact for the day. Okay. Um, just throwing this out here. So, um, in regards to super teams, and I know there's people out there that have all kinds of definitions, but we mean these overnight assembled teams that you know these little pop up stores that come up, and then all of a sudden there's a team just sitting there with a bunch of superstars, you know, looking at everybody on the court. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is a super team. With that being said. We are determining that a super team has the super team era has started in twenty 
2010-2011 season with the Miami Heat when, when, of course, Mr. LeBron James decided to take his talents over to South Beach with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Yep. So from 2011 to 2000 to 2021, I'm going to say 2021 2021. (laughs) for the last 10 years or 11 seasons, whatever the case. The fun fact of the day is, did you know that no super team has ever won a championship in their first year together? Look it up, (laughs) do the research. But no super team has ever won a title in their first year of being assembled together. All right. That's the fun fact of the day. Well, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. That's a wrap on the NBA finals, the NBA season. And now we look ahead to the NBA offseason. Uh, I think we're going to do a kind of a... I know the draft is on Thursday, uh, two days from now, uh, but neither one of us watched college basketball to really discuss that um so right. we're gonna just let that happen and let that pass as it is uh we're, we're not gonna try to bs <laughs> one of those types of shows or we don't we're not gonna do that to Y'all our viewers that yeah um, it's gonna be forced i'm just gonna be honest <laughs> we, we really did not watch ncaa no. this year no, um i usually joke. do just this year was i was gonna say it was a joke yeah no, um but we will talk about NBA free agency next week. It does open next Monday on the second, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but officially, it's football season. Hashtag Phoenix Suns versus the Atlanta Hawks in the finals next year. <laughs> if only. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up for today. Thank you guys for listening. Go thank like you, us, like the show, follow us on Twitter at the underscore square pod and please share uh if you can as well drop a couple of comments yeah we'd like to have a discussion with you guys um with that being said again thank you for listening we'll catch you guys in the next one have a good night